All right, if you have a Bible, please turn with me to 3 John. 3 John, it's on page 1307, if you're going to use one of the Bibles that we have for you underneath the chair in front of you. And uh, as a reminder, it is the first Sunday of the month, so we'll be celebrating the sacrament of the Lord's Supper together uh, in, uh, in a while here. And then um, on the first Sunday of the month, when we celebrate communion, we also take up a special offering our deacons offering, which helps our deacons to be able to minister to people in financial need, both in our church body as well as in the community. So when you leave today, you'll have another opportunity to give if you'd like, uh, and that will go directly to people who are in need. If uh, you are a kid tracking the word of the day, the word is encourage. If you don't know what that means, uh, some of our children pay attention to the number of times I say a certain word in the sermon. And it helps them listen and learn. And some parents give the kids a penny for every time they hear it. And I have a deal with one family. When it goes over a dollar, I have to make up the difference. Um, But anyway, I've made that with one family. That's all I can afford to to do. Uh, Let's now turn our hearts and attentions. Hear now God's holy, true, and life-giving word. The third letter of John. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved. It is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Father, we do praise you and thank you for your word, for revealing yourself to us by the power of your Holy Spirit in and through your word, and especially in the person and work of your son, Jesus. And we do ask now, Holy Spirit, that you would accompany us in our time, that you would open our eyes and open our hearts to the truth. And that we would 
receive what you want us to receive this morning, what you have for us. We do thank you and praise you and just ask that you would use this time to help us to know Christ, to grow in faith, and to be equipped to go and make disciples of both our neighbors and the nations. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Friday morning I was having a conversation uh, about Third John and uh, with, a, with a gentleman that goes to our church. And he was telling me that he had written a little note of encouragement to his wife and taped it to the coffee maker so that she would see it there when she came out to get her coffee in the morning. Had a couple Bible verses on it. So she comes out and gets the note, gets her coffee, is encouraged. And then later that day, she's on the phone with a friend who's needing some encouragement. She shared those same verses. And what's interesting is those verses led this friend to end up going to the scriptures and um, looking them all up, looking up the different passages that had been recommended. Now, this woman was going through a very difficult time in the way that she is a believer and um, was wrestling with the fact that one of her children appears to have wandered from the faith. And so she was really struggling with that. So one of the verses that this man wrote for his wife and then she recommended to the friend was from Isaiah 49. And so when the woman was looking up these verses, she was in Isaiah 49. She found the verse, but then she kept reading and came across a verse that wasn't necessarily recommended, but was amazing. So, so here she's grieving over her child, presumably not walking with the Lord. And she comes across Isaiah 49, 15 and 16, which says, Can a woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Now you think about that. Because in that moment, one, she, she remembers, she knows, God knows how much she loves this child. And simultaneously she is reminded, God has not forgotten her. And as you would imagine, she was encouraged. Now, was that a coincidence? No, I don't think so. God encourages his people. Provides tremendous encouragement for us as we continue to follow Jesus in faith. You know, we're we're concluding this sermon series now, Walking in the Light, uh, by looking at this third letter of John. This morning, and there's there's so many things that we could talk about in this book. I mean, it's just chock full of amazing things. But what really struck me, and what I think the Lord might have us focus on this morning, is that God Almighty, the Creator and Sustainer of all things, who sovereignly ensured working through human beings to have His Word written down and preserved for us throughout time saw fit to put a note of encouragement from the Apostle John to a guy named Gaius in the Bible. 
Because ultimately, when you step back and you look at what 3 John is, it is a note of encouragement. And it is such a clear reminder of the way that God encourages us. We need his encouragement. We need to hear it from one another. Ray Ortland, uh, pastor uh, north of here, he says, I have never met anyone too encouraged, never once. And we have a God who encourages And he does it through uh, you and I encouraging one another. And that's our focus for this morning, that God encourages his people. And faith in Christ empowers us to do the same, to bring uh, needed encouragement. And we're going to do that by just looking at what John writes to this guy named Gaius and noticing that he, he celebrates something that Gaius has done and then he condemns something that this guy named Diotrephes or Diotrephes or what, nobody knows. But he condemns something that this Diotrephes has done. And then he commends this guy, Demetrius, as someone that Gaius can look to and imitate. So that's where we're headed this morning. And I think it, it, it actually helps us see a pattern for the way God encourages us and then the way that we might encourage others, particularly if they're going through something where they're being sinned against in some way. So let's talk about celebrating. Look at verses 1 through 8. Look at the way, look at the way John celebrates what Gaius has done. Verse 1, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Okay, he's just starting the encouragement. Verse 3, For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And so what what is he doing here? Now he's saying basically that some people who know this Gaius and uh, maybe normally are around Gaius a lot, they came and they were talking to John and they were saying that Gaius is a strong believer clings to the truth, walks in the truth. And John, hearing that, is now very excited to come back and write this letter to Gaius and say, people can see your faith, brother. And it gives him great joy. Now, remember, in this series, John has used children several times to refer to believers. So Gaius is probably not his biological son, but he is probably somebody that John led to Christ and then developed as a leader, discipled him, okay? Uh, but nonetheless, he's, he's encouraging him. And then here, verse 5, look at this. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You'll do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we, we may be fellow workers for the truth so this is amazing so what what john does here is he, he kind of lets us see into what gaius has done something something good that gaius has done here he's welcomed these strangers these brothers we might call them missionaries right he's these are traveling preachers and he's welcomed them in and shown them incredible hospitality now remember last week we talked about there are times where we are purposefully inhospitable if, if somebody's a false teacher remember that that was awkward for us do you remember that But here, John is saying that, you know, when someone is a brother or sister in Christ and they're traveling to teach, man, you welcome them in. This is, I mean, this is such clear affirmation that we should support missionaries. 
And look at this. This is amazing. When we support missionaries, whether in prayer and or financially or letting them live in our home or whatever, as we support missionaries, verse 8 tells us that we are actually fellow workers with them in the truth. So as we as a church support missionaries, as you as individuals and families support missionaries, you are partnering with them in what they're doing. That's a sweet, sweet thing. But notice he's, he's celebrating what Gaius has done. He's saying, you did the right thing. This is really good. We, should, we ought to do this type of thing. It's a faithful thing that you do. Now, in a moment, we'll see a little more of the context of why it was actually qu- probably quite difficult for Gaius to do this. But for now, just think about that. Think about the way he's celebrating what he's done. You know, um, I love this. So, so a number of weeks ago, Lee Wright, who's the RUF campus minister at University of Central Florida, contacted me and some of the other pastors and said that they were receiving a new intern a male intern, and they, he asked me if I knew of any families that might be willing to give him a place to live. And so I had intended to ask you all, y'all, and, uh, but before I did that, I, I thought, well, I'll start with the elders and the deacons, so I kind of put the word out to them. There's a new intern coming, and he's going to need a place to live, and you know, he can pay some rent and you know, do some things around the house, whatever. Well, one of our elders said, well, let me, let me talk to my wife. We might like to do that. And sure enough, it's actually so much like what Gaius did. He doesn't know this guy, but our, this elder and his wife have welcomed this young man into their home, and he's going to live with them while he's here doing his internship with RUF. And we ought to say that's a faithful thing. Now, here's the best part. Um, the intern's name is John Calvin. Okay? <laughs> Do you know how excited I am to go to Presbytery? How you doing, Matt? John Calvin lives with one of my elders. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so awesome. But if, if we would take a note from John, it's right for us when we see somebody stepping out in faith. That's a great time for us to say, that's a faithful thing that you're doing. That's that's an important time for us to encourage that. And notice that it seems that the most powerful way to encourage somebody is not simply to say, you're awesome, dude, but rather to acknowledge that we can see their faith in action. Look at verse 5 once again. He says, beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do. In other words, I can see that you are operating in faith here. You are trusting Jesus as you step out in faith and do this wonderful thing of welcoming in these missionaries. And as we acknowledge someone's faith, it actually builds more faith, right? Instead of building in somebody self-esteem, which is just a fancy word for pride, what what it really does is it helps... When when somebody says, I can see you trusting God in this, it, it makes you want to trust God more. And that's, I think, what, what John is doing. He's saying, I can see your faith in this. And in, in a real sense, what he's doing is he's praising the work of God in Gaius. I mean, think about Paul's words in Philippians 2.13, where he's talking about obedience, and he says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And so as we step out in faith, it's, it's us doing it. We're really using faith and doing something. But God does 
empower us to do that through the work of the Holy Spirit. So, so it is a good thing for us to encourage one another when we see one another exhibiting faith and stepping out in faith. So how does this play out in a life group? I think, you know, when, when, when my life group is together, a lot of times we, I, we hear one another talking about things we're going through or things we're facing, and you kind of pick up on ways that we, you, somebody's trusting God through this. And that's a great time to say that's a faithful thing. It's a good time for us to encourage one another and acknowledge that we can see. Same with in our marriages or with our children or even with good friends. Right? I can see your faith. Because you know what? Our activities that are coming from faith, we don't, they don't earn us anything with God. Right? But God sees it. God sees when you trust Him. God sees when you step out in faith. And He wants us to be encouraged. And so as we encourage one another, as we see each other's faithful actions, we can hear God's voice in that, hearing God acknowledging that He sees us trusting Him. And that the Holy Spirit is at work in us. I mean, think about it like the... the uh, the death and resurrection of Christ secures not only our forgiveness and uh, us being declared righteous, but also that the Holy Spirit would indwell us and work inside of us. And so as we encourage one another, we're saying, I can see the Holy Spirit work in you. And that makes us want to walk in step with the Spirit even more, right? So we celebrate. We can celebrate the faithful activities of one another. Sometimes we need to condemn the sinful actions of others, okay? Look at 9 and 10. Here John seems to encourage Gaius by condemning what Diotrephes is doing. doesn't seem to be condemning Diotrephes. But he is condemning what he's doing. Take a look. He says, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing. Talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refused to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Now. Now you get a deeper picture of how challenging it was for Gaius to do what he did. Because you've got this Diotrephes who is trying to prevent people from doing exactly what Gaius does even threatening people who are wanting to welcome these brothers, these missionaries, threatening them that, that he's going to put them out of the church. And it was in the face of that that Gaius went ahead and still welcomed these brothers in. And so in, it, what, what, what you see then is in order to emphasize the faithful activity of Gaius, John does condemn the, the evil, he even says, the wickedness of what Diotrephes is doing. It's, it's kind of like he's saying, Gaius, what you did is right. And what Diotrephes is doing is wrong. And then he says, and if I come, me and Diotrephes, we're going to have a talk. But do you, do, you, do you realize, think about this. When somebody has sinned against you, done an injustice against you or someone you love, to know that God sees and recognizes that as wrong is, is important. It matters for our hearts. 
think when, when a victim is told that somebody who victimized them is going to be not guilty or something like that. It's traumatic. In fact, you know, there's a lot of stuff going around the internet about this case where this young man sexually assaulted a Stanford University student, and um, he was convicted as being guilty, but the uproar originally was about his short sentence, and that was a number of months ago. Now it's back on your Facebook feed because... The sentence is up. He's out. And there was... It's interesting because this young woman who was assaulted very bravely um, wrote things about how it felt to have to go to trial about this, being so sure that what he had done was so wrong. Here's what she said in one thing she wrote. When I was told to be prepared in case we didn't win, I said, I can't prepare for that. He was guilty the minute I woke up. No one can talk me out of the hurt he caused me. Worst of all, I was warned because he knows I don't remember. He's going to be able to write the script. She goes on and on about how scary it was, this thought that somehow he would get away with this. And then she says that she felt very helpless, and she says that helplessness was traumatizing. You see... When, when, we, when somebody's doing something wrong against us, it's devastating for that not to be recognized as wrong. But when someone encourages us by acknowledging that what's being done is wrong, it validates that deep sense of injustice. It's a, it's a powerful form of encouragement. And you know, how, how can you be sure, though? How do, how do we know for sure someone is in the wrong and this other person is in the right? Well, we look to the Word of God. What was Diotrephes' issue? Verse 9 says he wasn't submitting to the authority of the apostles. So we look to the, the Word of God to tell us who is doing something right and who is doing something wrong. But we also see in this letter that, that it is a form of encouragement to acknowledge that somebody is doing something wrong to someone else. You know, as I thought about this and thinking about that case, as you know, I'm a victim of sexual abuse as a child, not by my parents. And, and to, to hear someone, all people who have been sexual abused know that when, when we hear someone say, and you need to hear me loud and clear say, what was done to you was wrong. It was sin. And when, when we hear that, it's so encouraging because it, it helps us remember that God is a God of justice. Justice matters to God. Now, the, the good news of the gospel is that while we deserve justice for our sin, right? Jesus on the cross took our justice in our place. And so instead of justice from God, by grace, through faith, we get mercy from God. But the cross is not a picture of God not caring about justice. It's, it's his full display of how much justice matters to him and how wicked injustice is to him. And so John here, acknowledging that what Diotrephes is doing is wrong, 
is a powerful form of encouragement. And as we are ministering to one another, particularly when somebody has wronged them, if we can see in the scriptures that the behavior of the other person is wrong, it's not acknowledging the authority of the apostles, the authority of the scriptures, we can say, and it can be a powerful encouragement to say, what that person has done to you is wrong. Even in a culture that is so averse to ever saying anybody is wrong about anything. We get to. Because we have the word of God. Third, we see him uh, celebrating this faithful thing that Gaius has done. And then we see him condemning the sinful actions of Diotrephes. And then he, I love this. Then he commends this person named Demetrius. To Gaius. Take a look. Verse 11. Beloved, okay, person whom I love, he says, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever, do, has, whoever does evil has not seen God. Now, is he saying that Diotrephes uh, is not a believer here? I don't know that that's, we, I don't know if that's clear there. Um, but here's what it is. He says, do not imitate evil, having just talked about Diotrephes. He says, imitate good. And now he's going to talk about this guy, Demetrius, verse 12. He says, Demetrius, okay, so, so don't imitate evil, imitate good. Demetrius is a good guy. That's basically what he's saying, verse 12. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. And he goes on to say, I, I got a lot to say to you, but I don't want to write it down. I want to come talk to you face to face because I love you. Peace be to you. The friends here greet you. Greet the friends there each by name. That's what he says. But before he closes that letter in that sweet way, he says, Demetrius has received a good testimony. What is he saying? See, he's pointing out someone. He's commending Demetrius as as a good example, as somebody that Gaius can learn from. In fact, that word imitate, look look at the, in your in your Bible in verse eleven. That word imitate is the Greek word mimos. You hear it? It's part of where our English word mimic comes from. How do you mimic somebody? You watch them and then you do what they did. Okay, and this is very scriptural, right? To imitate someone or to be called to imitate somebody. Hebrews 13, 7. The author says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Mimos. Second Thessalonians 3, 7. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us. Now, let's, let's be clear about the sort of the the mood, I guess, or the, the, the feeling with which this is coming across. Um, I don't think John is saying, here's a good guy, be like him. You know, He's not saying, why can't you be more like your brother Demetrius? Come on, Gaius. Think of the context. Think of what Gaius has been facing. I think rather what we see is he's saying, here's somebody you can learn from in this situation. 
Maybe even Demetrius has been through something similar to this, and he's done it well. He's done it with his eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and I want you to watch how he did it and mimic that. We aren't meant to learn how to follow Jesus on our own. And so God provides what we need. We need people who can show us how to do things, even in particular situations where we really need someone in front of us showing us what to do. And as I thought about this, um, it reminded me of something that took place. And I asked the woman in our church whom the story is about if I could tell the story. And she said, yes, I'm not going to use her name. But some of you know and love her, and you'll know who I'm talking about. But a number of years ago, one of the families of our church was rocked by the infidelity of the husband. Uh, He was disciplined by the elders. There um, There was not real remorse or repentance, as far as we could tell. In some ways, it's an ongoing case. But what was clear is that This man had done a great injustice to his wife and children. And the pastors and I, you know, as we saw this woman going through the most difficult thing of her life, you want to help, right? But we felt helpless because we've not been through something like that. But then it dawned on one of the pastors, we, uh, he, you know, he thought, I, I know someone who's been through that. And so this, this other woman doesn't go to our church, but she's in the area. So that pastor reached out to this woman and said, there's a woman in our church who's going through what she went through. And, and uh, would you be willing to come alongside her and help her? See how you follow Jesus through the worst storm of your life. And that woman said, yes, I would be happy to do that. And so the pastor then contacted the woman in our church and said, there's a woman who has been through what you're going through. And she would be more than happy to meet with you and help walk you through this. She has done this well with incredible faith. She would be a good person to watch and mimic. And that's what happened. This, these two started to spend time together and, and, and uh, it was a great blessing to the woman in our church. She had someone there to help her learn how to follow Jesus in that dark, dark, dark time. And I think one of the ways we encourage fellow believers is by pointing out people who have done what they're doing, people who have been through what they're going through, people who can teach them how to follow Jesus through those difficult storms, people who can testify to the power and love of Christ experienced as you trust Him through such storms. So, you know, as one of your pastors, you should know that there's probably nothing you're going through that somebody else around here hasn't been through before you and would probably be more than happy to meet with you and help you learn and help figure out how do you follow Jesus through this difficult thing. Maybe you're suffering because there's been infidelity or something. You don't know, how, you don't know what next step to take. We have people who would love to come around you and show you
the ways that God empowered them to walk through that. Or maybe you are someone who has a child who seems to have wandered from the faith. We've got people who have been faithfully walking that road. They've done a good job of it and they can teach you. Maybe you long to be married and it's just driving you crazy because you just want to be married. We've got people who've been walking that journey for many years and they've done it well. For you to let us in on that, it just, it just allows us to say, here's a person that you can mimic. You know, Because God knows what we need, right? I mean, he always knows what we need. And he is the provider. I mean, God always sends what we need. And that, think about that. I mean, the, the, what, is, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news that God sent us what we desperately needed when we needed it. That Jesus would be not just our example, but that he would actually be our savior, right? That he would die for our sins and give us his righteousness that we would receive for free by grace through faith. God met our greatest need. And so, of course, we can trust that he will meet our needs right now. And because of this passage, we can especially trust that he will give us a person to help us walk through the next phase of our life. Again, what a, what a sweet picture that in the Bible there is this note of encouragement. And as we know that God is encouraging us what a, what, an, what a powerful, beautiful motivation for us to be encouraging one another. For us to look for opportunities to encourage people by celebrating when we can see their faith in action. For us to look for opportunities to encourage one another by acknowledging that something that's been done to them was wrong. And by looking for opportunities to encourage people by pointing them to faithful believers who have done what they're doing, who have been where they are and can teach them the next step. He always gives us what we need. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We do pray that you would help us to see that you do give us what we need. Help us to trust in you. Help us to be encouraged by you through your word and the power of your spirit. And let that overflow as we seek to be encouragers of one another. So much so that the world, as they look upon us, would say, Man, those people encourage each other like crazy. And let them see that the source of our encouragement is the cross of Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.